Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of uh, Luke, book of Luke, uh, chapter 1. And uh, we're going to be uh, looking at some things uh, this whole month uh, that deal with the, uh, the Christmas story and uh, the birth of Christ. And we're going to start off in, in Luke. Uh, the book of Luke tells us that... Uh, he puts it in order for us. He takes it from eyewitnesses, and, and we want to make sure that we get all of this story in its, in its whole and its completeness. And you know what? It, it's a time of the year that we need to uh, take our focus off of the, everything else in this world and put it on the birth of Christ. Amen. There was no greater event other than his death and resurrection that meant more to mankind than the time that we celebrate right now. And you know, we make this little rhyme that he is the reason for the season. No, he's the reason all season. He's the reason every day that we get up in the morning, that we breathe, and he's the reason we celebrate. He's the reason we have joy unspeakable that's full of glory. He is that reason. So we get to celebrate at this time of the year uh, his birth. And I thank God that he was born. Amen. Amen. I thank God that he was born. It was God's plan. So we're going to look at this uh, this today. And uh, if I'm going to give a title to this, uh, this is going to be the same title throughout the month of December. And uh, it's a strange one for Christmas, but it's one that I hope that we come to know and recognize uh, as true and it rings out all through the scripture. And, and the title of this is God is always at work. Amen. God is always at work. The Bible says he does not sleep. He does not slumber. His eyes are everywhere seeing everything and everybody. He's looking at the hearts of people and he never stops working. Amen. So we need to get used to that idea and we need to live our lives like we know he's looking at us. Amen. That are scare the way out of some of us. Amen. He's looking at you. He sees who you are. He sees what you're doing. He hears what you're saying. He also sees inside of you. He hears your thoughts and the intent of your heart. Ooh. That's kind of spooky when you think about it, isn't it? It's a wonder he don't zap a lot of us with lightning every once in a while. He may do that every once in a while, for all I know. We just don't know all the time everything that, that happens with God. So Luke chapter 1, we're going to be looking at the first, it's going to be a lengthy reading, of first 25 verses. So bear with me as I read this for you. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. 
And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were well, now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that whilst he ex uh, ex executed the priest's office before God in order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the, at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elias, of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make a, a to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and well, uh, and my wife is well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he, had, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them, and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Father, thank you for this beautiful scripture today. Help us, Lord, to to deem from it the, the, the many spiritual truths that are found here. And help us, God, to adhere our lives, to, 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 to make ourselves available to you and to do those things we know we need to be doing. God, we love you and praise you. Bless this word unto this congregation and, and to yourself. And we're going to give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So the, the Lord <laughs> uses whoever and whatever he wants to, to accomplish his kingdom work. Everybody just say amen. amen. He uses whoever and whatever he wants to because he's God and he can. Amen. And this, this is the Christmas story given to us by Luke. And, and we're going to be looking all through it, all the way through Christmas. But Luke explains early on that he has received from, from the Lord, uh, from these people who had walked with Jesus Christ as eyewitnesses, he had received this information from them, and he was wanting to give it to them in the order that he had received it so they'd know the order of the way everything happened. The first thing I want you to see is in the first four verses. 
The Word of God is to be shared and handed down to all generations. Amen? Amen. The Word of God is to be shared and handed down to all generations. When he, he wrote this, uh, this scripture, he said, uh, he said, I'm writing them in the order of things which are most surely believed among us, even as they believe them unto us, from which the beginning was, uh, were eyewitnesses and ministers. But, but look at what he says. Uh, that he said, I want to give these to you, O Theopolis, uh, so that you will understand the things that you have been told. That's what he's telling. And it's up to us. You know, we make such a big deal out of Christmas. We make such a big deal out of the tree. And we make such a big deal out of the gifts. We need to make sure our children and our grandchildren and our families know what Christmas is all about. Amen. Amen. It's up to us. It's not up to the church. It's not up to the Sunday school teachers. It's up to each mom and dad to tell their children that Christ was born and that's why we have Christmas. We bring gifts because gifts were brought to Him. And we celebrate today the way we do and we want to see you smile. We want to see joy. We want to see happiness because that's what the Lord God gave us when he gave us the gift of his son Jesus Christ amen? amen that's what we need to let people know Christmas is all about and it needs to be told not just at the church house not just in, in the Sunday school room it needs to be told everywhere we are on this special time and this special occasion children how many of y'all got little bitty ones that run around in your house that got kids or grandkids they are full of questions amen, amen. answer their questions let them know who it is that you worship, who it is that has saved your soul, who it is that you know, because they need to know. You know why? So they can tell their kids, and they can tell their grandkids. That's what this is all about. And that's why Luke wrote this to Theophilus, so he would understand what it was that he had been taught already, and so he could relay that information to those people who needed to hear it. Amen? That's what this is all about. We need to know that the Word of God is to be shared and handed down to all generations. And so when you look at the rest of this and you look at verses 5 through 10, there's another truth that just sticks out like a sore thumb. It says, and this is the truth that I wrote down, the Lord gave to me, God uses people who are righteous before Him. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. The Bible says there's none unrighteous, no, not one, so I, I don't have to be used. You don't never need to use the Word of God to not perform the duties of God that He's given to you. Amen. If you wait on yourself to be righteous, you never will. If you wait on yourself to be worthy, you never will be. Amen. But God, in His infinite wisdom, has chosen to use people. And he knew when he chose to use them, they were going to be imperfect. They were going to be unrighteous. They were going to be unholy. And they were going to be unworthy. So he's done something for us. He gave us those things. When he chooses you, he don't do it by accident. Amen? We need to understand this. God uses people who are righteous before him. And, and I want you to understand what that means. They do what they know to do that they know about God. Boy, I'm fixing to get in church now. Amen. Every one of us who are called by the name of Jesus Christ knows 
that there are certain things that he wants us to do. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be a theologian. You ain't even got to be too smart. There's things that we know that God has done when he sent his son to die for us and he called us and we came to him and we bowed down before him that we know things that we ought to be doing and what causes people problems in their lives is they're not doing what they know to do. And they can't figure out why in the world everything is turned upside down in their lives, why nothing goes right because the little bit that they know to do, they're absolutely not doing those things. Every one of us know that we're supposed to pray to a holy God. The Bible tells us we're supposed to pray how? Without ceasing. We're supposed always to have our mind on Christ. This is something every person that's been saved ought to know. We also know that we're supposed to read the Word of God. Amen. Amen. This is Bible 101. This is Christianity 101. This is relationship 101. You have to pray and you have to read the Word of God. Why is it important to read the Word of God? Amen. Read John chapter 1. He'll tell you. We need to, it's a basic thing that we need to do. Pray and read the Word of God. Amen. And that ain't all. Go to church. Amen. Oh boy, this world's all full of these fishermen and these people that love sports. Oh, you ain't got to be in church. Yes, you do. Amen. Where was Zacharias when this happened to him? He was doing what he was called to do, what he was taught to do, what he needed to do. It, it, was a, it was a routine that he did over and over and over and over. And on this day, the routine became everything but routine. You know why? Because of the routine righteousness of this man. Because he was doing what he knew to do to, to worship God and to do the things for God that needed to be done according to the law. The Lord honored that and he presented himself to this man in that position, in that situation. Amen. Amen. Well, I ain't got to come to church to, to know God. <laughs> I beg to differ with you. Amen. Amen. You better come to church because this is his church. Yes. Amen. Yes. We are his body. This is where we assemble and he expects his body to get together. Hey, now, wouldn't it be something if, if I came to church today, but I unhooked my arm and my feet and left them at the house? That's the way we look at church sometimes. My hands out there were going like this. And my feet, I don't know what they're going to be doing. I could leave my mouth there and you wouldn't hear me talking right now. We are the body of Christ and we belong together as a unit, Amen. as a cohesive unit, and we belong together in his house because he said to do that. We, there's things we know to do. And you know what, I'm, while I'm on this, yeah, while I'm on this little uh, pedestal here, soapbox, I don't want to be on a pedestal, but a soapbox. We need to quit missing church so much we need to quit not coming. I, the Lord understands when you've got a legitimate reason. I'm not talking to people who are sick. 
who are not able to be. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about those people who just said they don't want to come to church. And if the Cowboys are playing, they can't come. <coughs> We're going to have company today. We can't come. We look for any excuse. This man didn't have an excuse. He was where he was supposed to be. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in his righteousness doing the duties that had been prescribed to him and he was doing those things because he loved God. Amen. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to put this in where you can understand it. One of the signs that you don't love God is that you won't go to church. Amen. One of the signs that you don't love God is that you don't pray to him. One of the signs that you don't love God is that you don't study and read His Word. Amen. And it don't stop there. Another sign is that you never mention His name, you never witness in the times that you know that you're supposed to speak His name, you don't. Yeah. Amen. Amen. There are some things we ought to know that we got to do and we need to do those things if we expect Him to use us. If we expect Him to bless us. If we expect Him to honor us. And yes, God does honor people. I'm glad He does, don't you? Amen. He honors John the Baptist is going to be born. That's who He's talking about right here. Amen. 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 He had a plan and a reason. He was fixing to bring His Son to this world. And He knew that the, because of what the Word said, because there was a prophecy made, that there would be somebody that would appear before Him. Uh -huh. You know who the Bible says it was going to be? Anybody? It was going to be Elijah. Amen? Amen. And you say, well, that wasn't Elijah. That was John the Baptist. Oh, no. It was Elijah. It was John the Baptist, but it was Elijah, too. And you know why I know that? Because Jesus said that. Amen. I'm going to read it to you just so you know I'm not pulling your leg. It was prophesied in Malachi. Do you remember when Jesus was on the cross and he went to speaking like Eli? Well, I can't remember what it was now. And they you remember what they said? Is he calling Elijah? You know why they said that? Because they knew Elijah was supposed to come before he did. Is he calling Elijah? Amen. Matthew chapter 11. Listen to what he says here. And Jesus, and they departed, this is verse 7, they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, John the Baptist, uh, what went out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what went ye out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went you out to see? A prophet? <laughs> He says, Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it was written, Behold, I will send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not been risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent taketh it by force. Now listen to this. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you will receive it, 
This is Elijah. Now, this is Christ talking. This is Elijah, which was far to come. This is important stuff, what we're studying right now. If Luke hadn't decided through the Holy Spirit to put this into order, he is the only way we know who Zacharias and Elizabeth are. Amen? The other Gospels talk about John. They don't talk about the parents. We don't know the situation. God is always at work around us. When God gets ready to do something, He started working a long time before it ever happened. You know what the next promise is? The next great event is the church is going to be raptured out of this place. Amen. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to come from that direction with a shout of the archangel and the trump of God is going to sound. And the Bible says the dead in Christ is going to rise and we which are alive and remain are going to be called up to meet Him in the air forever. That's the next great event. Do you not think that God's not preparing us for that right now? Yes. And He's not doing it in the football stadium. He ain't doing it in the living room. He ain't doing it on the fishing bank. He's doing it in His church. Amen. Because that's what He's coming back for. That's right. yeah. And it's high time that we recognize we need to do the things that we know to do if we want to be called holy and righteous by God. He's not going to deliver you in your sin. He delivers you from your sin. You're not going to remain a sinner and stay a sinner and live in sin and expect Him to bless you. And that's what the world wants you to believe. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. I'm going to get to my sermon here in just a minute. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to tell you, we better pay attention, y'all. We better wake up and realize what it is that we are supposed to be doing. We are supposed to be people who do what we know to do. When God gets ready to give you some more, He'll show it to you. But until you do what He's already shown you, He ain't going to give you nothing else. Uh-oh. You want to know why sometimes you get stagnant as a Christian? It's because you're not being a Christian like God wants you to be. Amen. Amen. That's right. <laughs> Woo! I am on the soapbox, aren't I? Are you listening? Anyway, he went to this man, <laughs> called him right in the middle of the church service, interrupted the church service, interrupted what he was doing, and look at what he says. He said, I come to answer a prayer for you. I love this, don't you? You know, God does things his time, his way. Now this man already knows he's too old to have kids. And he made a remark that his wife was oh, too old to have kids too. It's a good thing she wasn't listening probably. But that's what he told that angel. And the angel said, I came to answer your prayer. Do you really think that he's already he's still praying this prayer, Lord, give me a son? He doesn't convince himself it ain't going to happen. Does it remind you of anybody? Like Abraham and Sarah? Amen. So this angel says, your prayer has been heard. And Zacharias is thinking, my goodness, I prayed that prayer 35 years ago, maybe 50 years ago. I don't know how old he was. And now? Now? You want to answer this prayer now? <laughs> I tell you what, I'm not the 68 years old, and I wouldn't want to start raising kids again. Amen. <laughs> Amen. A lot of people say when that last one walked out the door, they go, oh no, what am I going to do? And I was, when my last one walked out, I was, yeah! 
I love to see them come back, but I was glad when they just left that nest. Amen. Because that nest got to change after that. Amen. And so Zacharias was thinking, here I am old, here my wife is old, and now you're going to answer this prayer. Amen. You said, well, he didn't say that. No, he didn't have to. You know why? Because it leads us to the next part. Because God is trying to reveal to him who he is. He's, he's trying to give him, because of his faithfulness to do what he's been doing, he's wanting to give him some more now. He's wanting to reveal some things about himself to this man because of his faithfulness. That's why it's important you're faithful to read. It's important that you're faithful to pray. It's important that you're faithful to come to church. It's important that you're faithful to witness and do the things that you know you're supposed to be doing because God will reward that faithfulness by revealing more of himself to you. Amen. You know what what's, what's faith, uh, uh, makes me afraid at the church? There's a lot of people that think they do, do all they're supposed to be doing, all they can do. No, we can't never do too much. Amen? Amen. We just can't do it. We, we can't never repay that debt that we owe Him. I don't care how much doing you do, how much going you go, how much counting you do, how much work you do. I don't care. You can't repay Him for what He's done for you. Amen. He don't even ask you to do it that way. He asked you to do it by being faithful to Him. And He reward that. Amen? Amen? And so the next thing in verses 11 through 17, God uses messengers. Sometimes He uses angels in this case. Sometimes He uses people. But He uses all of His messengers to proclaim something about Him. Amen? His message. Whether it's a good one or a bad one. See, all the word, all the messages from God are not good. Amen. All the word of God is not good. The Bible tells us that it's sweet and it's also bitter. It can make our hearts sore and it can make us weep in embarrassment before God. That's the word. And that's the messages from God oftentimes. But it's in this case. God is preparing to send His Son. He is preparing to fulfill the prophecies that are made that lead up to His Son being born. This is one of them that had to happen before Jesus could come. Amen? Amen. And sometimes we pray for things not to happen when the Lord has prophesied that these things are going to happen, so we pray against the prophecy of God. We need to stop doing that. And you know how we stop it? We understand the Word of God and know what's coming. And quit praying for that, those things not to come. Listen to me. The prophecies of God are going to happen no matter how much you pray for them not to. And Antichrist is going to come no matter how much you pray for it not to. This world's going to burn no matter how much you pray for it not to. Those things are going to happen. The, the society's going to get worse and worse and worse. Evil's going to be good. Good's going to be evil. The world's going to be turned upside down because it was prophesied by Isaiah. And though you can pray to your green in the face, and it's still going to happen. Amen. So we need to be doing, instead of praying against God, we need to pray to God, God, your will be done. Amen. And help me to do my part, to do the things I know I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to get involved in the worldly things. I'm not supposed to get involved in the world and music. 
I know I'm not supposed to get in, involved in the filth of Hollywood and get so wrapped up in sports and fishing and hunting that I can't even serve the living God in this church. I know not to do those things, yet those are the very things we do. Amen. Amen. We need to do what we know we're supposed to do. Amen. And once we start doing what we know we're supposed to do, God says, oh, look at that one down there. That one's faithful. Mm -hmm. I'm fixing to show him something he don't know. Amen. Amen. And that's what he's doing with Zacharias and Elizabeth right now. So he uses these messengers to proclaim his message, but he always does these things to promote his kingdom work. Amen? You know why I'm up here as a messenger of God, as a preacher? I'm here to promote him. I'm here to promote his kingdom. I'm here to help you understand what it is you need to do to prove your salvation and your worth to a world. God already knows who you are. Amen? So we need to be doing what God's shown us to do. And everything he does has is, is always got certain purposes. Amen? Amen. Amen. His purpose is always to reconcile lost and sinful people back into himself. That's always Amen. his purpose. Listen to me. He's getting ready in this scripture to send a forerunner who's going to announce Jesus Christ to the world. It's pretty important stuff, isn't it? Did you know we're supposed to be doing that now? We're supposed to be announcing that He is here. He has come, and He's coming back. And this is what you need to know about Him if you want to go with Him. You need to know who He is. You need to know what He's done. You need to believe on Him. You need to call on His name. You need to repent of your sins. And you need to praise Him and confess Him with your mouth. Amen. Amen. Oh, oh Zacharias made fun. Amen. He made fun of this messenger. And so here is the next truth I want you to know. When God begins to reveal himself to you, what you do next reveals what you believe about him. Amen. Amen. When he puts something on your heart, what you do with that reveals whether you even believe him, trust him, or not. And that's why the angel was insulted when Zacharias began to question him. A little bit. God don't mind you asking questions, but you got to remember who you're talking to. Yeah. Amen? Amen. And so Zacharias in verse 18 says to the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife, she's an old woman. I just put that in there for myself. <laughs> and it kind of ticked Gabriel off a little bit. Gabriel's an angel. He, he's used to doing everything. He's used to looking at God. He's used to, he knows God. He knows everything God wants to do. He knows what these people need. He knows what God's trying to do for these people. And for him to joke at him like that, it wasn't funny to the angel. Amen. Amen. 
The angel had the power. He was sent by God to deliver the message. And he also chose us something else. He had some power to change the person he was giving that message to. See, God had already chosen Zacharias and Elizabeth. Now the angel wants them to know God had picked them. You think can do this. Amen. And the angel answering him, I am Gabriel. That's when he started telling who he is. I'm Gabriel. He's not saying that arrogantly. He's a little miffed. Do you know angels can get mad? Yeah. I need to do a study one of these days on angels. They got third of them got kicked out of heaven because they tried to take over. They just don't walk around like zombies like you think. They gotta be faithful just like we do. Amen. Amen. But they were created that way. We're born again that way. Amen. If you've been born again, you have taken on what the angels know. You're supposed to trust in the one who saved you. Amen. Amen. So he said, I'm Gabriel. And I stand in the presence of God. And I am sent to speak to you. <laughs> and to show you these glad tidings. Amen. That's what I'm doing here today. I'm sent here today to tell you the glad tidings that Jesus is Lord. Amen. He's alive. Amen. And He saves to the uttermost. All those who will come unto Him. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, that's a good message to get preached, isn't it? Amen. Hallelujah. That's a good message. And so the, the angels sold Him these things. And He said, but because you're making fun of this, because you're questioning God, because you're questioning of who I am, you're going to be dumb and you ain't going to be able to speak until it happens. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I ever get a case of laryngitis that won't go away, you'll know I've been dumb and, and the Lord says I ain't happy with you. When you get right, I'll let you talk. Wouldn't it be something if He would do all of us that way? Well, it'd be something all right. If the Lord allowed His angels to follow us around, and we do have guardian angels. I don't know that, don't you? Well, we got the good angels just like the bad ones are out there too. There's good ones here too. Did you know little children's got those angels that walk to them all, with them all the time and report every day back to God? Did you know that? That little girl that you requested prayer for had an angel with and still that bad awful thing happened to her. But you know what? When that bad awful thing happened, that angel took her somewhere. But for holy God into the kingdom. Praise God. We all need to want to get there. Amen. We all need to want to do our part. And this angel said, you ain't going to talk. You ain't going to speak anymore. You're going to be dumb and not be able to speak until the, the day that these things shall be performed. Listen to me. God don't give us His commandments, His rules, His regulations, His do's and don'ts for us to make fun of them. You say, oh, I never do. Yeah, you do. And we use the shelter of grace we impose upon God, oh, you're going to forgive me, really? 
You forget who you're talking to. Amen. Don't forget who you're talking to. He, he's God. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He is sovereign. And what He says goes without any hesitation from anybody. It goes. And yet He allows us to be used and He chooses to use us to perform the duties of His kingdom work here. It's part of who we are. Amen. Amen. And so the angel answering him, he said, you're going to be dumb, you ain't going to be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words. This world is full of preachers, teachers, theologians, scholars, that do not believe the absolute truth of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Bible's full of them. But this man wasn't going to be allowed to get by with that. And I want you to notice something else. Gabriel didn't go to Jerusalem where the high muckety-mucks were in the Jewish, Jewish religion. He didn't go to them. He went to this little place because he picked this man and this woman to do what he said. So the moment of truth in verses 18 through 22, and the people waited, it's funny, the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. He became a long-winded preacher that day. And they marveled at that. He's supposed to get in and get out. Don't he know we're out here waiting? Don't he know he's out here praying? Don't he know that McDonald's is going to be flooded with people and, and the restaurant's going to be full and I ain't going to be able to get a seat and he's still in there doing his whatever he's doing in there. He needs to quit doing what he's doing and get on out here and let us go. The church of today. Amen. <laughs> I just threw that in for free. <laughs> But it, it showed what he believed about God. He questioned God. Amen. Hmm. And then the last thing I want you to look at. Verses 23 through 25. God always accomplishes what he says he will do. Amen. How can I stand with assurance and tell you he's coming back? Because that's what he said he was going to do. How can I stand here with assurance and tell you that the dead people who are all dead in Christ are going to rise because he said they were? How can I stand up here and say those that are alive and remain are going to be caught up with him in the air because he said that's what he's going to do? How can I tell you that we're going to be with Him from that point on forever because that's what He said we were going to do? How can I tell you that He's going to save you to the uttermost? That He's going to forgive you of your sins? That He wants you to confess Him before people? He wants you to, to, to open your mouth and worship Him and praise Him because that's what He said He wanted. Amen. He's God. And somebody, listen to me, Somebody is going to be doing exactly what he said. And this is where the remnants come in. 
The remnants is always spoken of in the scripture are always those people who are following the Lord's commands. I feel like in our time, we've got millions and millions of people in this country who claim to be Christians. I think there's a remnant who really means that. I think there's a remnant who are actually doing the bidding of God. And I think everybody else is just running their lips. That's not my call. I'm not their judge, but he knows. And there's a people who keep playing church instead of being the church. There's a people who keep, they'll go to church if it's convenient. If it's not, they won't. They'll go to church if there ain't nothing more exciting going on. It's time that we make church exciting. You know what? I can get up here and scream and holler and dance and drum and spit on everybody and do all this stuff. I can do somersaults and cartwheels. It don't do a good bit of good till you start doing it. Amen. That is the worship that he seeks. When he entered into Jerusalem and those people were dancing and singing Hosea's in front of him as he rode on that donkey and they were casting their garments and, and, and palm branches down for him, the donkey to step on. Those, those self-righteous people who are supposed to be religious people said, make them stop doing that. <laughs> you remember what Jesus said to them? If they stop, the rocks will cry out to me. It's time for us to quit being rocks. It's time for us to cry out to the Holy God. It's time for us to sing hosannas. It's time for us to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's time for us to reveal who has saved our souls and what we believe. It's time to tell this old filthy dirty world to go take a hike. It's time to reveal who Jesus Christ is. And we need to do it by the way we live. And what we do, what we believe, what we say, what we share. And we need to start at home with our kids Amen. and our grandkids. Amen. That's who we're supposed to be. God accomplishes what he says he will do. And after those days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. And hid herself for five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take my reproach among men. This woman, who had longed to have a child all of her life, was now pregnant with John the Baptist, with Elijah, who was to come, who was going to bear the forerunner of Jesus Christ. I'd say they're pretty special people, don't you? Yeah. They were used of God because they were doing the things God had shown them to do and they were faithful to do those things. And he knew through their faithfulness that they would raise John to be that man that he's supposed to be. Would you stand? <coughs> How about you today? Are you doing those things that God has shown you you need to be doing? Are you doing those things? Are you being that witness? Are you being that prayer warrior? Are you being that scholar in the Bible and study? You don't have to be. Y'all, you need to know how to read. And if you can't read, they got little things you can plug in the wall to quote it to you. There's no excuse. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. These altars are open for prayer. You need to pray. Come and ask God to 
help you be that person that you know you're supposed to be. If you want to be a part of the church, a member, if you want to be saved, now is the time to come to Him.
God at work. Amen. He moves. It's up to us to believe Him, to see Him, to respond to Him, and to become His, and allow Him to use us to do the kingdom work. All these people we read about today, Elizabeth, Zacharias, allowed God finally to use them for a great work. A work that it was going to come through their son, but it had to come through them first. And they said yes to God. Don't hold back yourself from God. The worst thing you can ever do is say no, Lord. Always say yes to God. And let Him reveal Himself to you. What, a, what an honor it is for the Lord of all creation to show us who He is. To want that kind of personal relationship with us that He reveals Himself. What a blessing. What an honor. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God for being our God and for providing what He has for us in these last days. please come. You know, the Lord has blessed us. We have four to come in today that want to be a part of the, the fellowship here at Lake Country. Now, when you look, I, I got their name written. This is what you call shorthand. Okay, this is preacher shorthand. Because I, Bill and Carol have been coming there for a while, and some of y'all have told me their names a thousand times, and it still has not stuck in a wrinkle in my brain. And so we're, we're, we're going to work on that. We're going to... Anyway, Bill and Carol come here to this morning and they want to become members of this church. And uh, they're, they're safe people and they come from uh, Open Door and they want to move uh, their letter here. Uh, and uh, before we do that now, I want to introduce to you someone else. We have, we have Kelsey and, oh, don't say it, don't say it, Colton, Caton. <laughs> Yes. Ah, hallelujah, I got theirs right there. Ain't got a good one. And, and there's a reason I got theirs right there with my house the other night. They, this young couple came, this is the couple I was telling you all about Wednesday night. They came to our house. They received Christ as their Lord and Savior. They yes. You're 21? 22. He's 22, she's 19. And they want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and they want to do it right here. Amen. So we're going to bring all four of these before the church today. Uh, that for you to, to recommend to you that you receive them as brothers and sisters in Christ. We have a motion to do. Like that. And a second. All in favor say hallelujah. hallelujah. All opposed say, oh my goodness. <laughs> you didn't hear nothing, did you? You know, that means that, uh, that y'all have received them. The Lord has grown them into our church. He has brought them into our church. He has saved them into our church. And I'm so thankful that he's done that. I Amen. praise God for all of you. And, and I want y'all to look at this group. I always say this to people. These people right here will love you. They will work with you. They will help you do anything in the world for you. And anytime you need any of us, day or night, just call and we'll be there. Amen. That includes Amen. myself. Amen. That's all of us are that way. If you ever need help, this church is here to help whatever you need. And so that's who we're supposed to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. At the same time, 
We expect, <laughs> expect the same from you. To participate, be a part of that body, to be in one mind and one accord with this body, and to lend yourself to the kingdom work of God that goes on here, and to be a part of the ministry that goes on here. And more importantly, everywhere you go to tell people you know Jesus Christ. That's the most important witness we have. Mm -hmm. I know him. And that's a good way to start a conversation. Anyway, uh, Colton and Kelsey. Kelsey? Kelsey? Yes, sir. <laughs> They're going to be, want to be baptized, so I'm going to baptize them next uh, Sunday morning. And so uh, we'll just uh, we'll take care of that next Sunday. I want to tell you how so happy you have made this old bald-headed preacher today. <laughs> happy. I'm a happy, happy preacher. Amen. Amen. You know what? It's because we are faithful. Amen. Amen. We need to get, get that down in our minds. We have got to be faithful. And when we're faithful, God will add. God will bless. God will reveal. We need to wash all this other stuff down the drain, pour some drain on wind behind it, forget it, and move on in His kingdom work. Look ahead, not behind. I love all of you. Thank you for letting me preach to you. And we're going to have a word of prayer and all these folks are going to come around and love on you and hug on you and slobber on you and kiss on you. There'll be makeup stuck all over your clothes and everything. They get but anyway, that's who we are around here. Brother Steve, would you dismiss us, please? Yes. Well, Lord, we sure thank you for your word today. Thank you for that holy visitation that you've come. And touched our hearts, touched these hearts here, the saved and those that come. We thank you that you're here in the midst of us. Lord, we thank you. We say, use us. We say, yes, Jesus. We lift it all up, everyone here, that their hand, your hand will be upon them in a mighty way. Lead us, guide us through the doors of the sanctuary out into the world where we might be the life that needs to be shining bright. So we pray for you to use us as we say, yes, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hard to argue with a miracle, isn't it? Amen. Anyone else? All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke. Again, we're going to continue our our study on God is always at work. We're going to look at the Christmas story the rest of this month. Some uh, moment to Christmas Sunday anyway. We're going to be looking at uh, verses 26 through 38. And uh, we, we, we learned this morning how God was at work and uh, how he came to Zacharias and Elizabeth and especially Zacharias. And when we left Zacharias, Elizabeth was pregnant and he couldn't talk anymore. And so we'll get back to them a little bit later. Uh, but God is a God that uh, works all the time and he works in multiple places at one time. And tonight we're going to visit Mary and uh, the Gabriel's visit with her. So Luke chapter 1, uh, verses 26 through 38. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou, art, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me, according to thy word and the angel departed from her father thank you for this beautiful scripture tonight let us continue lord to study how you are always at work and you're always at work god accomplishing your goals bringing your prophecies to light and making all of your promises come true and god help us to be aware that you're at work at work even now even in our midst, even in our nation and across the world. And you're still bringing things to pass. And we thank you, Father, for this time that we're studying and the time that we, we are rejoicing now about the birth of our Savior. We thank you, Lord, for giving us that beautiful, precious gift. And that each one that you encountered in this story <coughs> yielded themselves unto you and humbled themselves and answered that call that you placed upon them. Thank you, Father, for being our God. And thank you for putting faithful people in our midst. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. No, uh, <coughs> God uses many people. He don't always just focus on one. He uses many people, and he can use many people at, at the same time. He can also... Uh, have them on the same pathway, doing the same work for him, and it's possible that they don't even know it. And we have to have faith in God and trust God that he knows what he's doing. How many of you believe that God knows what he's doing? Amen. Amen. You better know it because he's the only one that knows what he's doing. Amen. Amen. He's the only one that knows for sure what he's doing. And so his goals are, uh, are, must always be fulfilled. Uh, his prophecies must always come to pass. His promises and, and, and he uses those uh, usually who, who are humble. He very seldom ever uses someone, well, actually, he never does, who thinks they are great, who assumes they are great, who is arrogant and proud. And the scripture comes to light that 
what David said, that the, 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 the things and the people that he used are those with broken hearts and contrite spirits, those that are humble before him. And so this is the type of people that God comes to when he gets ready to do his work and accomplish his goals and his tasks in life. And just as Gabriel was sent to uh, Zacharias that we studied about this morning, six months have gone by. Now we left uh, Elizabeth this morning being ashamed. She had been shut up for five years because she was uh, she not necessarily ashamed, but she just couldn't believe what had happened to her. And, and uh, she was afraid, I guess, that people were gonna make fun of her. We don't know the reason she hid herself. But in this sixth month now, the, the angel uh, <coughs> excuse me, comes to uh, Mary, the same angel. And it's, it's kind of, when you think about why six months, uh, if you remember from the Hebrew history, uh, they weren't considered men until the age of 30 years old. And so Jesus was going to be 30 years old by the time he entered into the scene and he came to John the Baptist to be baptized. That means John the Baptist was six months older than Jesus Christ was, amen? That means John had also reached that age of maturity, that age of manhood, where what he said and what he did would be accepted by other men his age and even people older than he was. He was considered a man and one worthy to be listened to. So there's a lot at work here in, in what goes on and God has it all laid out not not just plainly but perfectly so that everything that, that needs all the all the i's are dotted all the t's are crossed and now he is in preparation to prepare for the the, the woman that he has chosen to be able to bear his son and the scripture was was very plain as to how uh, and what this woman was supposed to be and how this was going to come about and i don't know whether mary actually knew all of these scriptures or not, she was a very, very young woman. She had never been married before. She was a spouse to a man. And so she was, uh, she was, and, and so Gabriel found her alone. He came to her all by herself. Nobody else is recorded to be in the room uh, with them. And, and just like he caught Zacharias unaware in the temple, he just pops into the room with Mary. And, and when he does that, uh, the, he, he, he explains the scripture, Luke explains that this uh, lady that he appears to, Mary, is a virgin. She's a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And so here we see that there's got to be, uh, it also in the first verse says that uh, 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 Gabriel uh, was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now here, here's a lot of things that you've got to understand. In the Old Testament, Jesus came from Galilee, the, the, the Savior that they looked for. He was going to come from Galilee. He was going to be uh, a Nazarite, a Nazarene. He was going to come from the town of Nazareth. He's also going to have to be of the city of David. And he was also going to have to come out of Egypt. And so when you look at those things, if you didn't know anything already about the Christmas story, you say, well, how can this be? Is this four people we're talking about? No, it's one person. And God explains this to us in the Word so we can see it plainly how he operates. Amen. He, he, he's talking about one person. His, his father was a, a dweller of Nazareth, 
and uh, and uh, that was in Galilee, and uh, and Mary was a spouse to a a man named Joseph who was of the house of David. He had to be a, a descendant of David, and all the Jewish people knew this. So God did everything that He needed to do to help the Jewish people become aware that Jesus Christ was actually that Christ that He was descended of them. The problem with it was that they already had this phony idea of what Christ was going to be when he got there and hell wasn't going to change their mind. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so we got to be careful that we don't get it in our mind and concrete things that we think is the way it is when in reality that's not the way it is because we can mess things up by doing that. The Jews really messed up by by believing and continuing to believe no matter how many miracles Jesus did they still wouldn't believe in him so it ain't about that it's all about faith it's all about believing it's all about knowing the word of God but more importantly it's about knowing the God of the word amen and so this is what we got to know so this is the the setting that came and the angel came into in unto her and said hell thou thou art highly favored the Lord is with thee Blessed art thou among women. Can you imagine what this very young woman, we're going to call her a woman because that's what she was. She was young, but she was still a woman. And she was of the childbearing age. And she hadn't gotten married yet. And she's in a room all by herself. And this guy just pops in there and says this to her. Can you imagine what she thought? I know what I would have thought. And, have you ever been in a room and you thought you was by yourself and somebody just walked in on you? How'd it make you feel? Woo! Anyway, this is what it caught Mary this way. And so when she saw him, the Bible says she was troubled. Now, do you believe that? I think she would have been. Here's what I want you to know. When God appears to us, it troubles us. Amen. When even an angel of God, a representative of God, appears to us, it troubles us. And it troubles us because every time God appears to us, he brings to us something he wants us to do. Amen. And he don't care if you're fixing to get married. Are y'all listening to me? He don't care what's on your agenda. He wants you to change your agenda to go along with his agenda because he's God. Amen. Amen. You know, he, he has asked a lot of people to do something that they didn't want to do. He's, he's called a lot of preachers and said, Lord, what in the world did you do this to me for? I've got all this stuff laid out. I've got all these plans made. And he says, he don't care what your plans are. I'm God. I haven't made a mistake. I've called you. Now you either believe me, you follow me, and it's going to be good, or you cannot follow me, and it's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? So I, told, I said this morning, you never say no to God. You always say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And he's always going to make a way for what the things that he is ready to do, he's going to make a way for that to come to pass, and he's going to be able to use a person and he's going to make that person capable of doing what they could never do on their own. Amen. 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 That's the way God works. And that's why he don't care about 
a, a famous person with the millions of dollars and being on TV and reaching out to millions. He don't, he's not interested in those people because he, the world expects them to be able to reach everybody. The world expects to believe them because why not? They're rich, they're filthy rich, they, they're smarter than we are. So he wants to use some old big dummy. <coughs> Male or female. And people will look at them and say, how in the world do they know any of this? Who do they think they are? And there's a simple answer to that. There's someone who believes God. Amen. 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 And that means more than all the fame and all the fortune of this world, that someone believes God and, and does what he asks them to do. Amen. That's what, the, that's what makes this world go round. That's what makes people go to heaven, is believing God. And so we find that, that God rocks our boat. He changes our destinations. He changes our, our what we're wanting to do into what he wants us to do. And we got to be willing to do those things and make those changes to accommodate him. Amen. Why? Because he's our Lord. He's our King. He's our Savior. And, and you know, you don't get to say no to him. You don't get to do that. So you got to be prepared that everything around you is going to change, and that, but it's also going to be okay. So Mary listens to this salutation, and she is greatly troubled at his saying and, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation is this. I have never heard a person speak like this before. She had never encountered an angel before. Amen. She had never encountered an angel before. And so Gabriel recognizes the fear in this young woman. So he wants to calm her. He did the same thing to Zacharias that we studied this morning. He scared Zacharias by showing up in that temple when he wasn't supposed to be there. And so he, he says the same thing to her that he said to him. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid of me. He said, and then he called her by her name to calm her down, to let her know he knew exactly who she was, although she didn't have a clue who he was. Amen? So he says, uh, he says, uh, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Is your goal to find favor with God? Amen. It, let me tell you this. <clears throat> when you find favor with God, it's going to be harder to find favor with people. Amen. Amen. Because God's going to ask you to do things that can't be done no other way except by Him. And He's going to make you look like an odd duck. Mary became an odd duck. I can tell you that right now. And so God is going to have to do, and, and he's not going to leave her that way. We're going to study later on where he goes uh, uh, in the, ahead of her, and he makes the necessary changes to make it possible for her to do exactly what he wanted to do. And it's something we need to behold in the Scripture, because when he tells us to do something that we don't think we can do, you've got to trust him that he's already ahead of you, and he's making plans for you to go do exactly what he wants you to do. And he, he, you can do it if you will honor him and obey him. Amen. Amen. We're going to see that from Mary. <coughs> but not tonight, but we're going to see it later on. And so then he gets down to business. He's got her calmed down. He, he, he's, uh, he's let her know that he's not there to hurt her or harm her in any way. And so he says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb 
and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. The messengers of God always must deliver the message that God has given them to deliver, no matter how dumb it sounds to the ones that's hearing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like saying that. Because sometimes I get up here and go to preach and I see people out there looking at me and saying, Now Gabriel was delivering a message to her and now she's young but she ain't stupid. She, she's young but she knows a little bit about life. And so now she's a little bit skeptical of him because of what he just said to her. You think you have a baby. Mm -hmm. Now by this time most of y'all would have run out and jumped out the window, right? Right. <laughs> now, this guy's not only strange, he's not only weird, now he's telling me things I really don't need to be listening to, talking to a man alone in this room. <laughs> Amen? That's it. So anyway, he said, You're going to conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Now let me tell you something. She didn't have a clue what that name was until this angel told her that. But this angel knows about this name. This angel knows exactly who Jesus is. Amen. You know why? Because from the beginning of creation, he was. Before Abraham was, he was. When the Lord said, let us make man in our image, they made man in the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. Gabriel knew exactly who Jesus was. Mary didn't. Amen. And so to Gabriel, this was just common knowledge. He knew who Jesus was. And then he's told her, as, as, as being born of a woman, though, he's going to be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. This is an answer also to another thing that had been made a promise to David while he was alive that God promised him. You can find it in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 17, where God promised David that his throne would be an eternal throne. Amen? That's what the promise was made to him. Isaiah 7 and 14 talked about the virgin. Uh, birth and the virgin birth and Joseph being uh, 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 would that the, 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 the child Jesus would be born of the virgin. Uh, Isaiah nine and seven also proclaims that the Christ that was to be born was going to inherit the throne that belonged to David. The Christ was going to sit on this throne. Mary didn't know all this stuff. Mary's just a, what we would call a kid today. A lot of them suspect she could have been as young as 13 years old. But she may have been a little older than that. And so we don't know that. But we just know she was very young and she's not married yet. And now this, this guy appears and tells her that he's from God. And, he's a, he, uh, uh, and he tells her not to be afraid. And she's found favor with God. You're going to conceive in your womb. You're going to bring forth a son. You're going to call it the name Jesus. And he shall be great. And he shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of, of, of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end, and her brain went. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a lot. That's a whole bunch, isn't it? 
It gives you a new respect for her, doesn't it? But see, God picked her for a reason. Now, was God limited in his choices of who the, who the earthly father and the mother of Christ would be? He was. He was limited because they had to be of the tribe of Judah. They had to be from Nazareth. They had, their, 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 uh, they had to, to go to Bethlehem for him to be born. So they had to be of the lineage of Bethlehem. So he was limited in the number of people that he could pick that would fit into that scenario that he himself had ordained hundreds of years prior to this. And don't tell me God ain't at work. He's always at work. And he, when he set all this stuff into motion from the time that he said these things and made these prophecies and made these promises into the Word, he began to work to make those things come to pass. We're going to, I pray that when we get to heaven, I don't think we're going to remember this place so we're not going to have all these questions asked. I just pray that when we get there, he brings into our minds and we know these things. How all this can That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Just to know all these things that we question right now. And so the messenger delivers God's plan and reveals what he's doing to this very young woman. Now, the same thing that happened with Mary that happened with Zacharias this morning. The, the, he's told her who he is. He's told her who he represents. He's given her the plan of God and how she fits into the plan of God. Her world is, been, is all laid out. She's fixing to marry Joseph. She's going to move in with him. Everything's going to be good. She's going to be the carpenter's wife and everything's going to be cool. She's going to start having kids and make her all that type of wonder. Because see, he's fixing to make her an object that's worthy of death. Amen? And God, you don't think God didn't know that ahead of time? And that's not only why he picked Mary, but it's also why he picked Joseph. Amen? Because he knew their hearts. And he knew, and although we're not told a whole lot about Joseph, we know one thing that's evident. He loved Mary. And he was a good man, and he didn't want to see anybody suffer. We know that about him. Amen. Amen. We know that about him. And so Mary said unto the angel now, verse 34, how in the world is this going to happen? Because I have never known a man. Now she's young, but she knows enough about the birds and the bees to know this ain't possible. And so she's getting leery of this guy right here. Because he's the only man in the room. And so she asked him this question. Now, Remember this morning, uh, Zacharias asked questions too, but he asked them the wrong way. He asked them with doubt. This woman asked a legitimate question, and she was fixing to get the answer to that. Amen? Whether she believed it or not was up to her. But she received the same uh, thing that Zacharias did, and she entered into the same mindset as Zacharias, now she knows the plan of God. She don't know the how yet. She's fixing to. So now she's entering into what we call this morning that crisis of belief. What do I do with what the Lord has just revealed to me through somebody I've never laid eyes on before? Now y'all getting this picture now? 
This, this is a picture. You got to look back at this and say, man, these people had faith now to be able to convince that, that this was really an angel <laughs> telling them the truth. And so I believe with, with all of my heart, God does that to people that, that's called, I call it the spirit of discernment. That she knew that she was in the presence of someone who had, was in the presence of God. I believe that. Why else would she agree to all this? So she believed him. And so she said, I don't know a man. A great question. And, and instead of him smiting her with, with uh, uh, he, he made him dumb and he couldn't speak. He didn't do this to her. He knew this was a legitimate question and he knew that she deserved an answer because he knew the way of man. Okay? And so the Lord agreed that she needed the answer. And look at verse 35, what she, he says is going to happen to her. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. And that's how she's going to be impregnated. That's how she's going to conceive. And then he says something else. See, he knew Jesus as God. He knew him as God. He knew him as the image of God. He knew Christ. But he didn't know Christ as a baby. Now think about that. In heaven, Jesus had never been a baby, nor a human. Amen? It just it, it, When you think about what God did, here. It just blows your mind. That the King of Kings, the Lord of all creation, the God of all things, left his throne and became a baby in, in a woman's womb. Go figure. Only God. That's what he did for us. He gave it all up. He who is the greatest of all would become the least of all. For a world is going to hell in a speedboat. He did it anyway. That's what he did for me and you. That stuff is still in application today. It's still as powerful today as it was when Jesus walked this earth. That's what God did for us. That's who he is. And that's how much he loves us. And I don't think any of us can even comprehend how he could do that for us. I can't. Can you? But he did. He made her this promise. And so Gabriel begins to tell her how this is going to take. He knows how it's going to take place. But when it comes to identifying what's going to be in her womb, he couldn't come up with a good description of it. Look what he says. That holy thing. That's as close as he could get to a description of that baby that was going to be in her. A thing. A thing. But a holy thing. Amen. He didn't know how to describe that. He didn't know how to, because he had never encountered that in all of his centuries, knowing how old he was. 
in heaven. He had never encountered Jesus this way. Now, he didn't know what to call him. And not only that, y'all, even today, these angels don't understand our salvation. You know that? The Bible says in, uh, in uh, Peter, 1 Peter uh, chapter 12, listen to this. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that they preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desired to look into. They don't understand our salvation. They were born in heaven. They were created. They weren't born. They were created in heaven, and we weren't there. Amen. But now, we're going to be there, but we're not going to be created there. We're going to be born again to get there. And he's scratching his head. He ain't got a clue. This is all Greek to him. And, and they want to know. They want to know what it means to have grace. They want to know what mercy means. They want to know what the love of God. They want to know why Jesus died for us. They want to know what salvation in him means. They want to know all of that stuff. But they don't. It's all foreign to them. So the best description he could give of the Savior of the world in the womb was a holy thing. Because he didn't know any other way to put it. Which shall be born of thee, and he shall be called the Son of God. Amen. Y'all, these people here are incredible. Uh, Zacharias, Elizabeth. And he knew from the look on her face, and the Bible don't say what she looked like, but he looked at her, and he knew he needed to calm this whole situation down, and he needed to give her a name of somebody that she could really trust and believe. Okay? So he began to tell her about her cousin, Elizabeth. Mary knew Elizabeth. And he and he and he now she knows that Gabriel knows Elizabeth. And he said, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. And then he told her something that we all need to listen to that we all need to know and we all need to believe. Look in verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. God can do anything. Amen. He can do anything. There is nothing he cannot do. Amen. You believe that? And so all of this stuff that the world tells us, oh, that can't happen, oh, that can't happen, all this, yes, it can. And you know what? It's going to happen just exactly the way he said it. Because the Bible says he cannot lie. Amen? He cannot lie. And so this is a, some beautiful scripture, this same crisis of belief that she, uh, that, 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 uh, that, that Zacharias experienced this morning she experiences also now. And she, but she asked a legitimate question and she also remembered and, and thought about who she was talking to. And then the explanation is given to her. And, uh, and, and, and look at what he says. He says <clears throat> about, what, uh, about her having a baby and how it would come to pass about the Holy Ghost being in her. And then in, in verse 38, and I'm fixing to close. This is always important. Because once you reach this crisis of belief that, that 
we saw that uh, uh, Zacharias entered into this morning. Mary is in the same crisis of belief. And I told y'all this morning, once you reach that part, what you do next shows what you believe about God. And the angel had convinced her that this was possible. And he had convinced her that God can do anything. And he had convinced her that although she was a virgin, she could still have a child because the Holy Ghost was going to make sure she could do that. I don't even know if Mary knew what a Holy Ghost was. I don't know. But she knows now that the Holy Ghost was going to come into her and he was, the Holy One was going to overshadow her and there was going to be a baby formed in her womb without a man ever touching her. And so look at what she did after she heard all of this and she heard about what happened to Elizabeth and she knew Elizabeth was barren and evidently she didn't know that she was pregnant but she knew that was a miracle also. And so she believed this man and then she said, and Mary said, verse 38, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. <laughs> this is why God picked her. He knew her heart. He knew how she felt about him. And he realized that she would do anything she could to promote his kingdom work. And she said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And when she agreed to what the angel had brought to deliver the message, he left. He left. Amen. Can you imagine how she felt when he departed and left her? Can you imagine the thoughts and the, and the, and the things, the questions that kept popping up in her head, how she wished she had asked more, how she wished she had said more, and yet now, since she's given God the grant, and notice this, she had to say yes. Did you get that part? <clears throat> he didn't force himself on her. It wasn't a holy rape. Amen. Amen. She said yes to Jesus. And she became the mother of the Savior of the world because she believed God. Listen to me. We're going to be standing in judgment beside these people one of these days. We're going to be judged with the same judgment that they were judged are going to be judged by. We're going to be judged by people with this kind of faith with this kind of love, with this kind of honor for the God of glory, we need to have that same faith. We need to believe that he can do anything. We need to be listening to him. We need to hear his voice. We need to, like we said this morning, continue doing the things that you know to do. Do it to the best of your ability and do it all for his glory, his honor, and his praise. And when he reveals more to you of what he wants you to do, be ready to say, yes, Lord. 
I know that I can do anything as long as it's your will. Amen. She said yes. Mary said yes. Amen. We need to learn to say yes to God and be used of Him. Listen to me. In any way He wants to use us, we're His. And you know what? Jesus helped us learn a little bit more. He said, not only are you His, He is yours. Praise God that He wants to have a relationship with us. And this was the beginning of the New Testament salvation. This is the very beginning. And this is the order in which it came. And these people are going to have to walk in fear and anguish. Because see what he just told her? He didn't tell her what all was going to happen to Jesus. He didn't tell her what all was going to happen with her. He just told her what he needed to tell her for that moment. And she stepped out on faith and didn't worry about sight. And that's what faith is. Stepping out and doing what you can't see yet. That's believing God. Do you believe God that way? Do you trust God that way? Do you know God that way? Do you know His Word and know that He can accomplish anything? He can do anything. And you know what He tells us in the Scripture? You know what Paul said? I can do all things through Jesus Christ that gives me strength. And he did. He turned the Gentile world upside down with his preaching about who Jesus was. Amen. And those people who didn't have an inkling that there was going to be a Savior for them came running to him to hear. And we're still running to him, y'all. We're still coming to him. We had some, we got two sitting back there in the back right now that came. They're coming. We need to have faith and believe. And we need to be the witnesses God has called us to be. So that people like those two young folks sitting back there would know there's a God in glory that loves them, that there's a Savior that came to this world and died for them and will save them to the uttermost. And when this world collapses and, and hell is full, they'll be in glory. Because God can do anything. Would you stand? He's at work 
now. He's at work here. He's at work in churches across this nation. He's at work. Is he working in you? sing with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul and all of our voice. Just let it ring out to Him. So be ready for that and don't forget Wednesday night uh, we start our service at 6 o'clock. Uh, next Sunday uh, morning, the 11th, there will be uh, uh, Sunday night, the 11th, there will be a choir practice again. It's not too late if any anybody wants to get in on it. Uh, but if you're not going to get in there, just pray for us. Amen. And make sure we get it good so we don't have to do it again. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. We'll do it as many times as it takes. So we want to do it to honor him. And uh, and so y'all be in prayer for, for the choir. Be in prayer for one another. Uh, and, and, and remember this, that God will use you if you'll let him. Amen. Amen. Just, just pray and ask the Lord. Say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? Do you want me to go see somebody? What do you want me to say? And just wait for him to give you the go-ahead, and then you go do exactly what he said. Be in prayer for, uh, uh, we're going into a courtroom with Jesse uh, this week over some issues that y'all might probably don't know anything about, but she needs strength and encouragement, so y'all be in prayer for Jesse Taylor and that family. We love y'all, and, uh, and can't wait to see you again. Amen. And our new folk back there, old Colton and Kelsey, I tell you, boy, they're, they're going to be a treat. I can tell you that already. You know what she said to me when we walked out? She walked out this morning. She got to the door and she turned. She said, I'll see you next Sunday. I said, oh. <laughs> I said, we got Sunday night tonight, Wednesday night, Wednesday night. She said, oh, I forgot about that. I said, you know now. So here <laughs> Amen. Amen. We, like I said this morning, we need to do what we know to do and do it well for God to show more of himself to us. I want to see more of God, don't you? Amen. I want to see enough of him here that when I get over there, I want to know exactly who he is. Amen. Amen. And I hope that all of you feel that way too. But we serve a great and awesome God. Praise the Lord for all that. Amen. Brother Sam McDowell, would you dismiss us please?
Father, once again, we do want to thank you for the preaching and teaching of your word. And for giving Brother Gary the, the knowledge and the understanding of the scriptures that you bring it out to us and really help us to understand and be a blessing to us, Lord. And Father, we just thank you for each one that's come out this evening. If your name goes separate ways, be with us. We thank you for grace. Once again, the ones that's on the prayer list, the ones that spoken this morning, you know who they are. You know each and every need. We just ask you to bless according to your will. Bend their hearts. Forgive us as we wherever we fail you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.